0: Hello everybody, this is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, and creating that you're all about. So let's dive into the inspiration and information rainbow that awaits us. Hi everyone. Thanks for being with me on the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing physician Dr. Kieran Dunstan. Kieran has been a longtime OBGYN and eventually decided to make the shift over into functional medicine. And part of that shift had something to do with her own personal journey, which was really profound and... Revealed uh, much in the way of what her professional life would unfold into so have a listen in and uh, See what's here for you in terms of looking at the deeper meaning of illness Hello everybody, this is Dr. Deanna. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast. And I'm here today interviewing Dr. Kieran Dunstan. And the way that Kieran uh, has described herself is um, what I think is really beautiful, a physician, author, teacher, dedicated to the quest for vitality and wholeness. So Kieran, welcome to the podcast. It's really great to have you.
1: Thank you so much, Deanna. I'm so glad to be here with you today.
0: Yeah, it's fabulous. And I've been waiting for this discussion, actually. And, um, you know, before we get into the nitty gritty of your story, which I think is really fascinating, is I first want to know, my, it's the question I ask all of my guests, and that is, what is your favorite color, at least today and right now?
1: <laughs> I love that question, purple.
0: Purple, oh, like a lavender or a, a deep like a violet or what kind of purple
1: Uh, a little deeper than a lavender i don't not a bright bright purple but not a deep purple that's almost black but somewhere in Mm -hmm. between that you can really that juicy purple that lilac purple there are lilacs blooming all over uh in savannah right now where i am and that lilac purple is beautiful yeah
0: That is really pretty. You know, um, Pantone establishes a color of the year every year. And for 2018, the color is ultraviolet, which is a purpley color. Not quite Mm the lilac that you're speaking to, which is really a beautiful, soft, kind of a feminine, um, but yet, you know, a a very spiritual color to me. So that's, I like it.
1: (laughs) Yes, purple. Absolutely. And and I love hearing it in songs. I uh, sing in a choir and oh. it, we had a beautiful song where we talked about the color purple and I've seen it in scripture and yes. it just it does show up in all these very spiritual places. And, and when I see it or I'm around it, of course, I have lots of purple in my life. I do. I feel connected. And so I love that.
0: You know, even on your website, I noticed you use hints of purple, that very distinct kind of lavender-like purple together with yes. the blue.
1: <laughs> right, and blue is another one of my favorites, especially that sky blue and the ocean blue. Um, I've just, I'm enamored with all the different blues there are, but I, I feel very at home with blue as well.
0: Beautiful. Yeah, cooling colors, you know, the, the softness, they, having that peace of mind, that centeredness. So I want to dive in. I'm so curious about your personal path. You know, um, you and I just only kind of peripherally know each other, and so I'm really interested in going deeper into you and into your story. Because even when I looked at your website and got to know you a little bit more, I'm like, wow. You know, she's she's had a, a personal journey that has probably led her to where she is today in terms of her professional choice, what she offers to people. So kind of take us all the way back and kind of give us some background on you and what has happened for you early in life that kind of made you who you are today?
1: Oh, well, that's a great question. And I I hate to go all the way back, but I'm going to go all the way back because I was raised in New York City and I have to apologize. I do work from home and I do have dogs. So sometimes they do want to interject their opinion. (laughs) Um, But I grew up in New York City, in Manhattan, uh, to a mother, we call her uh, Granola Jerry, and (laughs) she was best friends with, I don't know if you've heard of Gary Null, he's written umpteen New York Times bestsellers, he had a health food store on the Upper West Side in Manhattan where I grew up, and she was best friends with him, and so she was very much about holistic healing, when we would get sick, my sister and I, she would give us golden seal and echinacea and make us sweat it out. Out. She made us veggie burgers. We thought she was eccentric, and we used to call her ma-centric. And then, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> because none of our friends had that. And then when I g- got accepted to medical school, and I got some training under my belt, at one point I said to her, Mother, we heal with steel. You know, I had decided mm. to be an OBGYN and I learned all about the body and the medical treatments medicines available and surgery and I completely divorced what she had taught me growing up fast forward yeah go
0: ahead well I have a quick question before we go fast forward uh too far as as a child or as a teenager was this kind of scarring for you emotionally scarring to have a mom who was kind of so cutting edge
1: that's a good question. It, she was very different from my friend's parents I, none of my friends parents were doing these things changing their diets she even sent me to a doctor who did food sensitivity testing mm-hmm. and we're talking four decades ago mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do with that then I was a teenager and so of course I kept eating those foods um, and so I, I wouldn't say necessarily emotionally scarring because ultimately I've come full circle and I am so grateful for everything that she taught me because she planted the the seeds of my ultimate um, healing and health and my ultimate career destination and my mission in life. So I don't know that I would say it was emotionally scarring. It was challenging at the time mm-hmm. just because, you know, as a teenager, you want to be like everyone else. And we were so not like everyone else. Um, so. <laughs>
0: wow i'm so glad i'm not the only one by the way you and i share this part of our journey that we both had moms that were you know health nuts in their own age but now we would see them as like wow that's that's really cool so okay so fast forward keep keep going on your your personal path there i'm so curious
1: Right, and so it's interesting because I actually um, have a lot of doctors in the family way back. My great-grandfather uh, w- was one of the first African-Americans to graduate from Jefferson Medical College. My grandmother was a pharmacist. So we've got a lot of scientists and doctors, and I always wanted to be a doctor. And I thought, well, my mother is health conscious. I want to be a doctor, and I'm going to go medical school and learn all about this. And then, of course, like I said, I came back and told her, no, we heal with steel. Completely rejected everything everything that she had taught me because that's what I was taught in medical school and it was absolutely solidified in residency. So fast forward, I decided to go into OBGYN. gyn um, I actually have my first child, get pregnant with my first child during my OBGYN rotation, which was not planned by the way. And so <laughs> wow. my professor says, you you fail because you're in your rotation and you fail. But I went into it um, because I experienced my first birth and I just absolutely uh loved it. And I was a very successful OBGYN. I had a huge practice with a 9,000 square foot office building. We had four doctors, we had mid-level providers, and served thousands, tens of thousands of women. And then something was wrong though with this picture because from the outside, people thought I had it all. Um, you know, doctor, successful, lives in a gated community, has fancy cars, go on fancy vacations, has a boat, kids go to private school. Oh, she has it all. Mm. Yeah, but now she weighs 243 pounds. Oh. <laughs> And so that was probably the only visible sign that people could see, but I was just dying inside. I was obese. I was tired. I was exhausted. I I slept all the time. Essentially, I just worked, ate, and slept. I had no real social life. My hair was falling out. I had no sex drive. I was depressed. I had anxiety. My stomach was always upset. At one point, I was on... Uh, and acids and H2, you know, blockers. Um, so I was really, my health was a mess. And I really, I tried everything that I knew as a board-certified OBGYN to figure out, well, what's wrong with me and fix it. So I would run tests and I'd say, well, oh, there's got to be something wrong. And I'd run blood work and it'd all come back normal. And I'd go to my... <laughs> internist and I said something's got to be wrong because look at me and she'd say okay we'll run tests and we run tests and they'd all come back normal and I just got to this hopeless place um where I thought you know I'm not I can't help myself and I was also seeing the same thing with my patients Mm. They, they would come in with with problems female problems, heavy, painful periods, Mm -hmm. Uh, and what would I do? Oh, try this birth control pill, because that's what I was taught. Oh, that didn't work, try this one. Oh, that didn't work, oh, let's do surgery, take out an ovary. Oh, Mm -hmm. that didn't work, let's take out the other one. Oh, let's do a hysterectomy, that'll fix it. Yeah. But then you'd see them years later, and they were just as sick as the day you saw them Mm -hmm. 10 years before, except now they didn't have bleeding, but they were still sick and I just, I was saying to my colleagues, like, do we really help anybody? And of course they thought I was crazy. Of course we help people, they said. And I couldn't help myself and I got to this horrible, horrible, just hopeless place, Deanna. It was just, I was like, if, if this is what life is, mm. I, I don't even want to live it.
0: Now, you seem to be a a person of faith, and you have a strong sense of spirituality, you know, back to your color purple. How was your sense of your, that connection, was that something you started to tug at a little bit more, in addition to kind of what you were looking at in the physical realm of working and and really pulling in to help you in, in how you were feeling? But how did you rely upon your faith and your sense of spirituality?
1: I love that question because I didn't have faith and I didn't have spirituality then. I was really raised in a family that didn't foster that and teach that. And actually, it was my beginning of my spiritual journey that ultimately led me to learn about functional medicine. And I'll t- try and tell the story briefly. But what, what happened was, and yes, my dogs they have an opinion on this. Um, <laughs> is that um, I, in this <clears throat> desperate place, I, I would always, I would have these kind of breakdowns every two months and I would just cry and scream and say, when do I get a break? When do I get a freaking break? Mm. And then one day I actually did get the chance to go <clears throat> ride a horse and take a break and um, the horse threw me on the <clears throat> ground. What? Oh my and, goodness. Yes, and I knew <clears throat> when I hit the ground that my foot was broken, and I also knew that it was broken because I had asked for a break. Oh, my goodness. I see it now. Yes. Yes, and in that moment was my spiritual awakening of, oh, my gosh, I've been doing life like I'm in charge, and I'm making things happen, and I have to fix this and it was it was the universe whatever you want to call it spirit mm-hmm, source god mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. oh no ma'am you you don't run anything <laughs> you mm-hmm. you know you speak what you want and you create it and so that started me on this spiritual journey and I started exploring what is this thing. And it's funny because my mom had had my sister and me trained in high school in TM transcendental meditation. And I would kind of do it kind of not, but then I really started meditating after I had this (laughs) event happen. Mm -hmm. And I, I started um, exploring spirituality and reading and I discovered new thought and started going to, there was a unity church and That was 2004, and that started my spiritual journey. And that's, to me, what opened me up to be ready to learn about functional medicine. Wow. (laughs) Yes, and then that came through, I call her my angel, one of my patients. So she had been in my office for her annual, she was perimenopausal, having all kinds of crazy heavy bleeding, couldn't sleep, hair falling out. And of course, what did I do? Give her a birth control pill, which didn't help. Mm-hmm. Well, she came back the next year and she was all better. And I said, well, what'd you do? And she said, well, I went to this doctor in Atlanta mm-hmm. and she told me about this doctor and she had learned about her in one of Suzanne Summers' books. And so she said, you know, you really need to look into this type of medicine. Hmm. And of course I did she actually gave me uh, one of Suzanne Summers books. It was one of her older books, Breakthrough. Mm-hmm. And I took it home and I put it on my nightstand and I said to my uh, my then husband, like, I'm not reading this. It's by Chrissy on three's company. What are you gonna <laughs> teach me? I am board certified OBGYN. Right, <laughs> right, right And, right. and then you. he said <laughs> <laughs> and he said, Yeah, she's a Playboy bunny too and then I really wasn't gonna read it. So then finally <laughs> few months later, I it was a Saturday, and my kids and their dad were going to the movies. They didn't bother asking me, was I going to go? Because they knew, you know, Kieran was going to be parked up in her bed in her pajamas all day on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, so they said they were leaving. And I said, let me just pick it up and look at it. And so I gave it back to her. And it was so well done, because it wasn't at all her opinion about anything. It was just her using her celebrity as a vehicle mm-hmm. to bring information from these reputable credible brilliant scientists and physicians in this field called functional medicine yes and and i read the whole book that day and she had a great resource section and then i said well if this is true i all of a sudden had something i hadn't had in years and that was hope hope that mm-hmm. well maybe i don't know everything hope that i could live a different life And just started on my journey of learning and I started working with a naturopath and did testing. And despite the fact I had checked my thyroid thyroid at least 10 times and it was quote unquote normal when I did the right test and I looked at them the right way, they were not normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I had thyroid problems I had progesterone deficiency I had inflammation I had a laundry list of problems that were not diagnosed by mainstream medicine physicians not me as a board certified OBGYN not my internist and when I started treating them with diet and supplements the changes were just miraculous and that's what set me on the path that I'm on now you know, that must have been a real head-turner
0: because, you know, going back to your phrase to your mother, you know, we heal with steel, uh, it, it's kind of like you maintain that really strong attitude throughout, e- even when you were going through this very tender time, it was kind of like, I'm not going to read this book by Suzanne Somers, you know, <laughs> you, you kind of had this tenacity to you, so for you to come into that place of vulnerability and acceptance and to start to change your mental framework... I feel like that. That's great, big, huge. That's like turning the tide in one's life in a big way.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's been said that um, pain will push you until your vision pulls you. And I think that we we change. How do humans change? We change. We're either um, uh, risk adverse or what's the term? Um, adverse. My oh, gosh. Anyway. The idea of, yeah, what
0: is, it's almost like a quote from um, Anais Nin, like where it became too much risk to stay within the bud and we need to blossom, we have no choice.
1: Right. So some of us learn because we have a desire to improve and, and change. And some of us change when the pain gets too great. Yeah. And I used to be in that category yeah. of the pain getting too great. And so it took an awful lot of pain. But I think as my spirituality has blossomed, like NSnin says about the bud, mm-hmm. it, it's too mm-hmm. much energy to stay closed. Yeah. Then I sprung open and I became teachable. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I that's, again, and and having that breaking point, that keyword of break, and when you were on the horse and then broke your foot, it's almost like sometimes that breaks us open, really cracks us open into a different reality. And it's kind of like from that point on, it's almost like you started to have a lot of these changes. So what did you do from there? Like, I, I can imagine that your practice changed. Um, you know, you were in the bit, let me just back up a second, because I find it interesting that you're an OBGYN. Uh, for myself, I have also wrestled with reproductive issues, endometriosis. I had a pinks, or a blocked fallopian tube on my left side, which is the feminine side. And so I had lots of issues with my femininity. And as I listened to your story... You're this super strong woman who, again, healing with steel and, you know, just kind of like, it's interesting. It's almost like there is this sense of feminine softness that kind of came around, not in a way of weakness. I think when people think of feminine, they think of weakness. There's a strong feminine that can emerge within us. And for me, it was through my creative practice. Even though I'm in functional medicine and in nutrition, I needed something else. That alone didn't heal me i needed something to round me out with my mental emotional spiritual side so i'm kind of curious for you that's what i'm picking up between the lines but i'm sure that there's a lot of your story that you know we're only getting bits and pieces and and i'm just kind of curious about your take on what i just mentioned with kind of healing the feminine from being so driven
1: yeah and so that's that that goes all the way back to I grew up in a family that was very... dominant they were dominant thinkers and I also experienced a lot of trauma as a child I think that the majority of us have insensitive parenting and and some of us even have traumatic experiences which is a whole other story but I did have a a traumatic experience when I was four I broke my leg and I actually was kept in the hospital in the adult ward with three adults in a group room for two days by myself with no family oh my goodness Yeah. And so that was extremely traumatic. And I I know that that has a lot to do with me wanting to go into medicine. It was kind of my way of wanting to get on top of that and master that traumatic situation. So I very much was um, a thinker and dominant in thinking and really not in touch with my emotional, feminine, intuitive, receptive side. I think hence also the difficulty in learning and changing um so that's kind of my early upbringing and when I broke my foot it really did crack me open to this feminine side this receptive side and so whereas I said mother we heal with steel now I say we heal with meditation <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. um
1: And it really, I really was out of touch with my feminine side completely, Um, my intuitive nature, my spiritual connection. And so part of my healing has been really fostering that. And so I have a very strong meditation practice, prayer practice, journaling, and really my most important relationship in this world is with myself Mm -hmm. and with my God, which sometimes I call it the divine, sometimes I call it spirit. Sometimes I call it God. And so, yes, my practice absolutely changed. The first thing that changed was my physical body. And so I started losing weight and looking younger and having more energy. And all my patients who were middle-aged women with the same problem started noticing the differences. And they said, girl, what are you doing? (laughs) We want that. So I started doing it with them. And so I discovered Functional Medicine in 2008. And then around about 2010, I actually joined the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine Fellowship Program to be trained in it and was doing it with my patients starting 2010. By 2011, what I had was I had two practices. So two days a week, I had my GYN practice and the three days a week I had my functional practice. And it's a totally different environment. GYN, five-minute appointments, here's your prescription, do hysterectomies. Mm -hmm. Functional medicine was an hour appointment, a lot of education, a lot of specialty testing. And so... What ended up happening was I was telling all my GYN patients on the GYN days, well, my board certification says that I need to give you this birth control pill, but that's not really what you want. What you want to do is you want to come see me on the functional days. (laughs) And we want mm-hmm. to do salivary hormone testing. We want to see why you're having this. And we want to look at your your gut health and food sensitivities and inflammation. And so they all, that I had been in the community for a long time. They trusted me and they were all coming into my functional practice. And so in 2011, I actually felt like I was just out of integrity, even having a GYN practice and giving people birth control pills and doing hysterectomies. And I said, I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I closed my practice July of that year. And I've just done functional medicine ever since. And uh, yeah, so my entire personal life transformed and then my professional life. So seven years of doing functional medicine. Congratulations.
0: And, and you really made Thank that you. transition, uh, I would say, expediently, because many practitioners, they, they kind of cobble it together until they feel like they're ready just to dive into the deep end of the pool and to feel like, you know, gosh, how do I do this without insurance? And, you know, as I look at the work that you're doing now, it seems that much focuses on weight loss. And I'm kind of curious, because that's been part of your journey. And so, how do you start to help people with getting into a body that is desirable for them, whatever that is in their mind's eye and and everybody has kind of like their own their own sense of what that needs to be? I don't feel like I feel like there's so much body hate and and so much of a lack of acceptance of who we are and our image coming through our physical self and i I'm curious how you wrap all of that together, helping people to lose weight and yet honor their body where they're at love themselves you know i, I kind of feel like all those things get kind of wrapped together and curious how you do that in your practice then
1: mm-hmm well for me though the way the reason i focus on the weight is because of my personal journey when i had all those health problems chronic fatigue fibromyalgia hair falling out depression anxiety and obese what bothered me the most was the fact that everyone could see that I weighed 243 pounds. They Mm -hmm, could see mm -hmm. that. Um, And so to me, it's wearing the pain and the shame on the outside. And despite the fact that I had all those problems, what was my main concern? My main concern was I just have to lose this weight, then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's, in my experience, that's true with the majority of people and particularly women I encounter, they weight is usually only one of many health problems it's usually never the only one but if you ask them what's the most important issue they need to address it's the weight and so for me Because if I tell a woman, I'm going to help you with your most important concern, I know, and part of what I do is I help educate them that all of these health problems come from the same root causes. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to fix all of that. But if if I just tell them, well, we're, we're going to just give you something to stop your hair from falling out, and we're not going to adjust the weight, I've kind of lost them right um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so you know I know that there are a lot of weight There pro- most weight programs out there are just eat less exercise more you'll lose the weight well you and I both know they have 6% success rate at two years but people still pipe billions of dollars into them mm-hmm. because the public has been brainwashed to believe the lie that weight is calories in minus calories out mm-hmm. and so If I, you know, part of what I do is, is educate people and teach them about how the body works. So I say you want to lose weight, well, we got to address these four levels of what I call the pyramid of success. And the bottom is hormone balance, then toxicity, nutritional deficiency, mental, emotional, spiritual balance. We've got to address these and you'll lose weight. And guess what? all these other health problems you have, autoimmune disease, gastrointestinal dysfunction, endocrine, diabetes, whatever, hypertension, they'll all get better too. And, and most people, I find, they want to learn. Yeah. They really mm-hmm. do. And they're going, I just think we as doctors and, and medical professionals, we have failed the general public in the biggest way Hmm. because we have not taught them what they need to know and I don't blame us because we're just doing what we were taught and essentially I believe we were all brainwashed I was brainwashed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I see that in in my colleagues are just doing what they're taught and until you have a really big reason a lot of pain to look for something different you keep doing what's always worked. Um, and especially when it's paying your bills.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I, so that's how I reconcile the weight loss. You know, some people say, well, oh, it's frivolous or it's superficial or it's teaching people to hate the, their bodies. No, I'm not about that at all. I'm about love your body, love all these aspects and let's give it what it needs. Let's give the roots what they need so that your leaves on your tree could be healthy. And that includes losing weight. Does that make sense? Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we all have uh, a certain need when we go in for a consultation of what we'd like to have addressed. And then as we start learning about all the other things that are implicated, it's like, wow, it's a bigger picture. Weight loss is a bigger picture than just the size of my body. And so, but we need to address it. It's kind of like the root versus the branches and the leaves. You know, what we see out there, the leaves and the branches, need to be addressed just like the root of the tree you know it's it's all one and so i i like your approach very much and i'm sure that you're helping so many people with uh with this work because of how it's changed you and i think you know oftentimes you you said it very nicely as you were describing how practitioners have been brainwashed through their training and i think that we only know what we know and we don't know what we don't know it's the obvious um but as you kind of wake up to it, you can never not be aware of it anymore. And so, yeah, I, I just love your journey. I feel like you walk the talk. You have a different level of awareness than many practitioners in the field, and certainly as an OBGYN with, with that past. So you have this, this beautiful connection to, to women's health that I think is um, quite novel. So, Karen, as we kind of come to a close here because you've um, done such a delightful job of sharing your story and helping us to really see into your past and then understanding where you are now, what might be some practical things I, I usually like to close with three main takeaways for people, like uh, kind of like gems or crystalline distillations from from your path, like things that you'd want to impart to people that you feel are essential for their health and well-being what might three things be
1: the first thing i would say is to question everything Mm -hmm. and to not believe what a medical professional is telling you just because they're a medical professional is to bring your brain with you to all discussions and interactions about your health and really start to question, is this the right way to take care of my health? If I, if my blood pressure is high and they're giving me a pill, is that the right um, thing to do? Or is it to ask why is the blood pressure high and dig deeper? So I think to get that real level of discernment and knowing that just because you have, md or rd or ma or whatever it is after your name doesn't mean that they're the ultimate authority on your health you are but that means that you have to bring your your thinking cap and your discernment with you um because like i said most people i think when they're educated about the difference between functional and mainstream medicine they totally get it and they opt for a better quality of health for themselves. That would be the first thing. Um, and the second thing I would say, just from my journey, which continues to this day, there are all these twists and turns, is that know that everything matters and nothing is lost in your journey. Mm. And even if, you, if you're in the middle of illness, particularly, whether it's weight challenges, autoimmune disease, cancer, whatever it is, there's always a message in the mess, Mm. And the message is not, oh, I need chemotherapy, I need a drug, I need surgery. The message is... Yes, I need to take care of myself in a different way. And that is usually to look at the root causes. And part of that is spiritual growth. I do believe that we're all spiritual beings having a human experience and that we're here on this ever upward spiral of growth and that everything that happens to us is an instigator for our, our spiritual expansion, including illness. So it's a symptom of an energetic blockage um that's blocked in our spirit and so looking at illness as an opportunity and as a a, an invitation to explore it and and expand more i think that's that's the key so your journey is one of growth so illness is not an obstacle to that it is an invitation to that um you and I speak the yeah. same language on that by the way. I really like
0: your orientation in. So that's that's beautiful. So that's that's number 2. Great. That's number 2.
1: And what would be the final thing message that I would say? Don't when it comes to weight, do not believe the diet and exercise lie. <laughs> <laughs> that would Good be one. Good one. Number 3. You know, Mm -hmm. is diet important? Yes. Is exercise important? Yes. But Mm -hmm. that's just the tip of the iceberg. There are so many other issues of how your body is a complex biochemistry lab. And there's so many other issues that go into your weight. And so please don't fall for that lie. And educate yourself about how does toxicity affect my weight? How do nutritional deficiencies affect my weight? How do hormonal imbalances affect my weight? Um, And how does my mental, emotional, and spiritual balance affect my weight? So that would be number three.
0: Mm, Wow, those are magnificent. They really are. And you pulled it all together so nicely between body mind emotion spirit and that's um again everything i talk about with nourishing the whole self so thank you so much you know this is i didn't realize how much uh, you and i are on the same wavelength And this is fabulous and i think for all of the listeners they're going to pull something away from this whether it's something big or something small and i really feel like your words carry this ripple effect that we can really see that in our lives, and you give us that sense of hope. That's one of your key words that you mention as as you know, by way of going through your your personal story. So having the hope, reframing, reshifting, questioning, and uh, I really like your your quote message in the mess. So <laughs> thank you yeah. so much for for being on here with me and having this conversation. It's it's really been fun and uh illuminating and i'm always going to connect you now to the color purple
1: uh-huh. <laughs> well that's the, well that's a lovely thing to be connected with and thank you so much for having me deanna it's my my absolute pleasure